Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters for making this podcast a reality, as well as the many other things you do to help us bring the gospel, the good news, all around the world. If you'd like to become a podcast supporter, please go to our homepage, anchor.fm slash the kingdom for, that's the number four, the kingdom for everyone. Also, do us a favor, click on the message tab, leave us a voice message or a question that we'd love to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. While you're checking out websites, also go to presenttruthacademy.org. We have a brand new primary study track coming out in February called The Sermon on the Mount, a 10-week study on the Constitution of the Kingdom. Trust me, you do not want to miss this study track. Okay, well, we are at this point, we're definitely into a new year, and I pray this new year is blessing you, that you are seeing the potential that is here, uh, that you're pregnant with purpose. This year, I'm I'm really sensing from the Spirit as a year of fruitfulness, and uh, we're going to jump into that more in some of our upcoming podcast episodes, uh, really some patterns I feel that are conducive for growing fruit, even out of season. You know you can grow fruit out of season as long as you prepare the atmosphere and make it conducive for growth. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to get into episode 23. This is, again, one of my favorite subjects. I want to talk about condemnation, well, specifically being free from condemnation. And this may end up bleeding over into our next episode. And if so, that's fine, because I don't want to make these episodes too long. I really want them to be some really good bites that challenge you, that that uh, equip you, that ultimately plant seeds in your heart that may affect change in due season. Uh, and so, yeah, just give me some of that grace there as we go along in this subject, condemnation. So episode 23, Free from Condemnation. And uh, I I think it's going to be interesting for each one of us, if you've never really done much studying on the subject matter, there's a lot to say in in the way of condemnation scripturally for the life of the believer. And uh, and that's some of the stuff I want to jump into. Perhaps the the most famous verse that we're familiar with, Romans 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so what does that word condemn mean? And, and, and we're going to look at that here over the next few minutes. Before we jump into that, I want to take 30 seconds for a sponsored break, and we'll be right back on the other side. Okay, so here we are back at The Kingdom is for Everyone, and we're going to talk about condemnation. How do we define that word condemn? To express strong disapproval of, to demonstrate the guilt of, to judge or pronounce unfit for use. And so that's that's pretty loaded. There's there's no positive take on how we define condemnation. So then I have some questions to help us think about this a little bit further. What gives us the power to overcome sin? Because typically when we have a condemnation conversation, It's connected to a sin conversation. So what gives me the power to overcome sin? So the the next question I have, is it the threat of the law? Does the law or the consequences that follow breaking said laws, is that enough to help us overcome sin? 
the fear of the law, let's be honest, it, it's never had the power to stop any of us from actually breaking it. I mean, you think about it. Does the fear of the law, thou shalt not still, does that stop people every day from taking what isn't theirs? I mean, seriously, um, for many, even the fear of the consequences of breaking the law isn't enough to stop them from doing it. I'm talking about consequences like prison, right? Community service, loss of property, loss of family, even loss of life in some cases. If the fear of the law doesn't bring us the power to overcome sin, then what does? Because obviously that's not enough. Now, in some cases it is, but but what ultimately is happening in moments like that? Like, if, let's say, for example, if you really wanted to rob a bank, I mean, you really wanted to, um, but it's your fear of what would happen if you rob the bank. Now, again, while that may indeed guard you from actually committing the act, there, what's that issue in your heart, though? Why in your heart do you still want to do these things? And so what's so beautiful about the ministry of, of Jesus and really what the lifestyle of the kingdom produces is it deals with the heart issue. So it's not, it's not about holding up this great system of consequences. And so, okay, so if you're smart, you judge this accordingly, you do this, you, you're going to get this in return. Uh, that is, that's, that's childish behavior. That's childish training. At some point, like Paul, he gives us this admonition. He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I became a man or a mature, full-grown son, I put away childish things. And a lot of that is, is just like that. Do, do I have to be afraid of the punishment to guard my desire to act in a way that I should or shouldn't, for that matter? Uh, so the kingdom begins to deal with the heart issues. Oh, you're, listen, oh, my God provides all my needs. So no matter how desperate it gets, no, I'm not going to rob a bank. Um, you know, the Lord shows me that the, one of the greatest powers I have at my disposal is the power of sincere love, right? Lo I mean, the greater love has no man than this thing. He lays down his life for his friend. So, uh, you know, we're faced with, hey, I want to kill that guy. But then all of a sudden in your heart, uh, there, there's something great. Greater than the desire for vengeance is love. And, and again, learning how to have that love produced in our lives. So I hope this is making sense. So back to our, our question. If the fear of the law doesn't bring us the power to overcome sin, then what does? Grace. Say that with me. Grace gives us the ability to have dominion over sin. And you can find that in Romans 6. And, and actually, you, you, you need to read several verses in Romans 6 to really give you the, the contrast of the thought. But the one we're most familiar with, Romans 6.14, sin will have no dominion over you. And then it goes on to, to ask the question, why? Well, since you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Do you see that? So it's showing us the power to overcome sin, the power to, to free us from the dominion of sin is not found in connection with the law. It's found in connection with grace. And, and so what, when I taught reading in context, you know, we, we go back and usually when we're preaching some of these principles, we start in verse 12, don't let sin reign your mortal body. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. And we really preach that hard and we preach it as it's basically a message of abstaining from sin and you, you know, don't allow yourself to engage in sin. But we got to really follow up those thoughts with verse 14. 
because this is very, very much a declaration. Sin will have no dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. And, and why that's so important is because anywhere we identify our need to do, our need to perform, somehow it's connected to law, somehow. If I put in this, I will get this result. That is not how the economy of the kingdom works. So I want to encourage you, if you ever want to find true freedom from sin, you're going to find it in the warm embrace of the grace of God. And so, again, thinking along this line, no condemnation, one of certainly one of the the favorite encounters, one of the favorite stories of the life and ministry of Jesus we find in John chapter 8. And I'm just going to read verses 10 and 11 right now. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So you can see, well, and we'll, we're going to touch on that story in a little bit. I, I won't comment on it at the moment. But you can see why much of how we've tried to control ourselves and others has been frustrating and fruitless. When we cannot control something we recognize as failings and shortcomings in ourselves or others, typically our default mode is to turn to the law. And it's from this place that we remind ourselves of the consequences of breaking the law and how we must change our behavior, right? So we do not bring further failings and shortcomings upon ourselves. Now, let's be honest, just logically, this sounds like it should work, but it truly never has and it never will. If we desire to live a life free from sin, as we see is absolutely possible out of from Romans 6, we must learn how to live a life free from condemnation. You know, condemnation is always, always an unfair and abusive tactic. It's the equivalent of hitting someone when they're already down. Not only do we feel ashamed because of what we've done, but then when condemnation is heaped on that, all it does is magnify the guilt. All it does is fortify the smallness that we're already wrestling with. I, I know I can't be the only one that's felt that way. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, that's why I feel like oftentimes... It is not productive to continue to remind people of the sin that they're engaging in. And, and now before you, before you get upset, why? Because people know. If you're doing wrong, you already know it. Okay, you already know it. Now, it doesn't mean we don't confront, but we must confront with the purpose of restoration. But if your confrontation is simply to produce condemnation, well, then you are just like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. You are not modeling your life and you're not modeling the, model, modeling the love that you're meant to demonstrate after the pattern of the heart, character, and nature of Jesus. Okay, it's just simply, it's simply not, uh, I like to say it's not a tool on our tool belt. We do not get to use condemnation. So again, we, we feel small, we feel more so guilty, and you know, then there's these thoughts of justification, right, in our own minds, and so let's say I'm, I'm assuming the role of condemning a person. And, you know, and I'll say even from, I mean, I have lots of opportunities to, to act like this as a parent with my kids, as a pastor with my congregation. If I wanted to, I would have all kind of opportunities to just make sure 
that people feel bad for their mistakes. You know what I'm talking about? You know, if they'll feel bad enough about their mistakes now, it'll make them think twice before doing it again. Right? Or if, if they feel enough pressure and guilt now, they'll be serious enough to never do this again. And so my question, is this the best that we have? Is this the best that we have? Do we honestly think that our position in life is to, uh, like the Pharisees, become accusers of those who have fallen and failed? This way will never bring healing to someone's heart and it will never help them gain victory over sin. So going back to, you know, John chapter 8, Jesus, uh, you look, you start at verse 1, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? Now, certainly this is a well-known passage of Scripture. It deals with the issue of condemnation head on. And the Pharisees knew the law well and uh, had little doubt that Jesus would contradict the law of Moses. Especially as, as we see, if you go and read Leviticus 20, Deuteronomy 22, you see what's supposed to happen to uh, a party caught in adultery. So you continue John 8, verse 6 through 8. This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. So it's interesting, right there at the start of John 8, verse 6, we see the intention of the Pharisees is impure to begin with. So there's no desire for restoration. There's no desire to see, uh, actually, will, will Jesus, um, you know, condemn her? Will Jesus restore her? Now, they actually were just trying to to pin something on him. And, and so the, the, the motives were impure at the start. Jesus bent down, began to write with his finger on the ground, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. So they're not interested in seeing justice served as the law demanded. They're more interested in testing Jesus so they could use something against him later. Indeed, the test had multiple flaws, and I'll share with you the two biggest flaws actually in this. Number one, go again, go back and read Leviticus 20 and Deuteronomy 22 when you have some time uh, this week. First of all, the law demanded that both people, so the man and the woman, right, caught in adultery, were to be stoned. So my question is, where is the man? And ladies, I want to help you right now in this podcast episode. That is the question religion never answers. It always points out the flaws of the women. It always points out the restrictions on women. And now I'm not just talking about Christianity. I'm talking about global religions. Have you ever noticed that women get the raw end of the deal? Women, you cover up. Women, you don't do this. Don't wear that. Don't, don't, you know, whatever it may be. You must restrict your behavior. Now, you leave us alone. So where's the man? Well, the Pharisees knew that the law demanded that the man and the woman be brought 
to, to the council to be stoned. Where was the man? Remember, the whole thing was a setup. It was the motives were impure from the beginning. And then the second point, Jesus knew instantly of the great hypocrisy of the accusers who brought the woman to be stoned because of the many times they themselves had broken the law. So Jesus is showing us if you are going to live by the law, if you've broken one, you've broken them all. So it could very well be true that of that multitude there, that no one else had ever committed adultery. But that didn't matter, right? He was basically showing them the standard of the old covenant law is this. You break one, you've broken them all. So if you guys get to stone her, then all of you deserve to be stoned. And of course, we know how the story ends up. They end up dropping their stones, walking away. And then that leads us right back to where we started there in, uh, in John 8, 10, and 11. Jesus asked the woman, where, where are those that have come to condemn you? And she answers, Lord, they're, they're gone. You're the only one that's left. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. So condemnation is not a part of the ministry of, of Jesus. Actually, ministry of Holy Spirit is about conviction. And a lot of times we muddy that issue. We call condemnation conviction, and they're not the same. Remember, condemnation is all about focusing on expressing disapproval, demonstrating guilt, showing, I mean, judging to pronounce someone being unfit for use. Conviction ministers to identity. Conviction is you're better than this. It does not use disapproval. It does not use guilt. It certainly does not tell someone that they're unfit for use. God will use anyone. Come on. He'll use you despite your mistakes and failures. So there's no condemnation in the kingdom of God, and we do not get to use it as a tool. Uh, there, there's, there's actually more that I want to say on this, but I really feel like we'll stop here because I want to I wanna take in our next podcast episode, um, which I don't know what we'll call it, but it's going to be along the same themes. I want to talk about what potentially could Jesus have been riding on the ground. Because I know if I get into that, we're going to go way over on this episode. And so hopefully this has blessed you, this has ministered to you, and you'll come back and join us next Tuesday when we get into what do you suppose Jesus was riding on the ground in those moments? Okay, so before we finish that up, I I want to um, just remind you, go visit our website, hesterministries.org. We'd love for you to partner with us. If this has been a blessing to you, please like and share this podcast with as many people as you can. Please write us a five-star review. That helps us. That helps the algorithm get this podcast in front of more people. We want this audience to continue to expand and grow. Um, like I said at the, the start of this episode, please go to presenttruthacademy.org. We've got a brand new primary study track coming out, the Sermon on the Mount. You don't want to miss it. We'd love to partner with you on your journey into truth. Uh, I believe that uh, now more than ever, we need to have those kind of fresh encounters that we can demonstrate the, the heart and nature of Jesus to everyone that we encounter. Uh, also, do me a favor. I don't plug it often here on the podcast, but uh, go to dominionchurch.net. That is the, the church that I pastor, Dominion Church in Greer, South Carolina. Uh, find out more about who we are. And if you're nearby, we'd love for you to come and be a part of one of our corporate gatherings. Uh, we are small uh, at in the facade of things, but man, we throw what we know and we bring global impact. Make no mistake about that. Uh, and so, yeah, just want to encourage you to avail yourself of those different websites and opportunities, reach out to us. Uh, send us a message. We'd love to to hear feedback from you, how this is blessing you, uh, how this is being a tool 
to help uh, in your spiritual walk, in your maturity, perhaps challenging you. We'd love to hear all the things like that. Uh, And uh, it just blesses us to know that this resource is being a blessing to you and to other people around the world. I think last time we looked at our uh, analytics, we're now in about 15 countries, which, man, that is just amazing. Uh, Shout out to you guys, those people in Australia, Italy, Ireland, in Central America. Man, it is such a blessing that you are tuning in. Only God could do such a thing, and and the power of technology is a beautiful thing. (laughs) that It would take the kingdoms for everyone all over the world. All right, well, God bless you. Have an amazing week. Join us next Tuesday when we continue on this thought about being free from condemnation. But before we sign off, I just want to say this in our sign-off. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.